I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, dammit! Ah, we'll have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and have a fucking cup of coffee, Ed. (laughs) And my name is Colin Drucker, and I have waited the entirety of this podcast to say they're called boobs, Ed. Ooh, yeah. I thought I'd save you, or I'd save that one for you. I felt like, oh, well, what if he does? And then what am I going to do? And then I'm going to have to remember the two wrong feet and fucking ugly shoes line, and I'm going to mess that one up. Yeah, the whole monologue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You want their diseases? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I thought of, though, as I was watching this movie, uh, the have a fucking cup of coffee, Ed, line? I wouldn't want a cup of coffee from their house because of the water. You know what I mean? I know. I know. I think about that. Like, well, if I was Ed, I'd I'd also be like, "Uh, I I got an old Poland spring in my back seat. I might just stick to, you know. And I know it's not about that. The line's like funny enough as it is. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't want that coffee. I wouldn't want that bundt cake either. Uh, No. And it's hard to say no to a bundt cake because I am always interested in a bundt cake. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I guess if it had raisins in it, then I might be a little less interested. Yeah, not my not my type, but I like it. It's like a, it's kind of cross between like a, I guess you could make a regular cake into a bundt cake, but like, I like a bundt cake that almost has a, oh, why am I blanking on this? A cake that is a pound cake consistency. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like the bundt is just the pan. So like anything's yes. a bundt cake if you can squeeze it into that pan. There we go. <laughs> You know, if you're brave enough, anything is a bunt cake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also like the idea of a bunt cake. Let's really focus on the important details of this movie. Uh, I, I would have liked to see the bunt cake to see if it had a kind of like drizzled glaze on top. Yes. You know? Yes. I would have loved that too. Yeah. I feel like Mark Helgenberger would drizzle it and then let it kind of like run down the sides, you know? I like that. Yep. Or powdered yeah. sugar. One of the two. I'm okay with that too. I mean, given the water situation in Hinkley, maybe let's <gasps> That's just keep true. it to powdered sugar. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is really, you know, I think, again, focusing on the details that matter to us most today, as we talk about the BSAs of 2000's Aaron Brockovich. Uh, I'm so excited. I had not seen this movie in a very long time. So I tell you what, it's over two hours, but it flies by. There's not a moment where I'm where I'm bored. Maybe some of the montages, but it's okay. I agree. I feel like this just scooted by. I, it it's got that like slick two thousand feeling, but in a good way. Where I'm like, oh yeah, we're just everything's got WD forty on it in this movie. It's so good. It's like. It's a great movie and a fucking fantastic script. Like, I know Susanna Grant was the one who wrote this, but Cameron Crowe beat her out of the Oscars for Almost Famous. I've not seen Almost Famous. Have you? No, and I know that, you know, Kate Hudson was nominated yeah. for the BSA for that, but I just have never had any interest ever in seeing Almost Famous. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, listeners, chime in. Are we missing something? Isn't Julianne Moore in that? Like Philip Seymour Hoffman? Like it feels, or am I making that up? I don't know. Frances McDormand is in it. Oh, okay. What am yeah. I getting confused with then? What's the other movie that's like, I think there's, I'm just getting my wires crossed, but yeah. uh, you know. I, I don't know. You're having a still Alice moment, which <laughs> yes, Julianne Moore is in. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's Susanna Grant, who uh, is no stranger to this podcast because she wrote 28 Days. Oh my god. I right. looked up her, her name, but I didn't really scroll past the first couple of movies. So that's that's perfect. Yeah, she wrote yeah, it was the same year as Aaron Brockovich. Or no, it was the year before. She wrote this was uh no, it was the same year, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yes, 2000, it was the same year. 2001, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, so yeah, so she, uh, she's great. She's, you know, uh, I'm just thinking if there's anything else she's written that we might end up talking about. Uh, well, if we ever talk about Ever After with Angelica Houston and Melanie Linsky and obviously Drew Barrymore, then maybe we'll talk about Susanna Grant again. There we go. A triple header. Yeah. Uh, she wrote 33 episodes. No, excuse me. 23 episodes of Party of Five. I don't know your feelings Ooh. on Party of Five. I, I remember seeing the previews for it and I was like, that's a serious show. Like it seemed like too, I was too young and I wasn't interested, you know? Yeah. I feel like the only, whatever I think of that show, I think of two things. I think of one, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character always wore sweaters like down, like over her thumbs. So she had her thumbs like hooked into holes in her sweaters. It of was course. like a thing. Sleeveys. Sleeveys. She was a big early sleeveys head. And then I, this is a weird memory, but I feel like in the early seasons, maybe like season one of Party of Five, I probably saw the opening credits once. And I have not gone back to check this. I did not plan on talking about this, but if my memory serves me, like the end of the opening credits, like shows the party of five, like at a restaurant and the youngest is like a baby and the baby is in like the, this high chair and it's just this like really ugly high chair. And I'm like, Oh God, a high chair is so ugly. And so I've had no interest <laughs> in seeing that show because that baby is just in the, in the ugliest no, high thank chair. You. Oh, it's brown and you bulky. Yeah. I can't believe Lacey Chabert was in this. Nev Campbell, Scott Wolf. I remember crushing uh-huh. him hard, but nowadays I'd go for Matthew Fox. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Matthew Fox, I feel like uh, has aged well. I feel like, you know, uh, in the long run, I, I'm going to go with Matthew Fox. Yeah. The, the fox beats the wolf, you know? Ooh, there it is. There it yeah. is. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, so Aaron Brockovich, which obviously is is most well known besides uh, a great script, is most well known for being Julia Roberts' Oscar winning performance. Uh, you know, often I think some consider to be a quintessential example of a career Oscar. Yeah, but it feels earned in a way. And I know this is the same year as Ellen Burstyn, Amanda, if you're listening. I know like Requiem for a Dream is... Oh, God, it's like in its own category, too. But like, you're right. It's like everyone tuned in that year to see Julia Roberts win this Oscar. And she kind of swept everything. Yeah. I mean, it's like I I will say I think that in terms of like pound for pound, who was like ringing the rag out, Ellen Burstyn or Julia Roberts. I got to give it to Ellen. I got to give it all to Ellen. I mean, it's just banana pants, what she does in Requiem for a Dream. And. Uh, and for some reason, even I haven't seen that movie in a while, but I always think of her as a BSA of that movie. I always think of that yeah. as like a, like a great supporting yes. role, you know, category fraud. Uh, I and I, who won this year? Oh, it's Marsha Gay Harden Marcia for Pollock. Harden. That's one of your favorite performances. One of my Pollock. favorites. My God, I just I can't wait to continue to never watch that movie. Yeah, I still want to do it one day. I I feel I've I've seen a couple scenes. I she, know she seemed interesting to me, and Ed Harris is in it. Queen Ed. I know, no, I know. I we have no reason to not do Pollock. We are tap dancing around Pollock. That's okay though. And this is the year that Gladiator won Best Picture, um, and unfortunately Albert Finney did not win Best Supporting Actor, even though he should have. It went to Benicio del Benicio del Toro for Traffic, which I I don't I don't even know what Traffic is. I remember hearing about it. I've never seen it. It seems gritty and stressful. I mean, when I try to remember it, I'm like, oh, or am I thinking of Crash? And Same. so that's yes. what keeps happening. And like, I I remember Traffic being a better movie than Crash, but tra- I can't remember. I couldn't tell you three things about Traffic because then when I think I'm telling you about Traffic, then I'm telling you about Babel. And so like, yes, what is that? I All don't know. siblings in their own right. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like it's the real triple feature of like Babel, Traffic, and Crash. Yeah. Um what a year. What a yeah. Yeah, and even though they're all from different years. Yeah. Um but yeah. all together, boy, that's about a year of movie watching. Um yes. cuz they're all long. So uh yes, you bring up an important name, Albert Finney, who we've also queened out on this podcast when we talked about Big Fish. Yeah. And I don't know if there's anything else he's popped up in, but I am so excited to talk about him in this movie because this is one of my favorite BSA performances. Like I think of Ed Masry the way I would think of like 
an Anne Dowd, like a woman in a great best supporting role. I love this performance. Yeah, it's like if you would have put in Margot Martindale in here, it oh. would have been just as like it has that energy. Mm-hmm. It's so uh, yeah. good. Yeah, I think he's great, and I really feel like this was my introduction to um, Albert Finney. I feel like I like obviously had like a. a a long career before Aaron Brockovich, but this was like what I knew him as first. And so then when you see these, like, you know, this British guy who played, I don't know, Tom Jones or something like that in the sixties, you realize like, Oh, Ed Masry was like some real, like, uh, this was some drag, you know? Yeah. I mean, Albert Freddy had like five Oscar nominations. He never won, unfortunately, too. I mean, he was nominated for uh, Murder on the Orient Express, Colin, one of our favorites. Oh, my goodness. We have talked about Albert Finney before. I guess we have. We did Murder on the Orient Express. I hate that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I hated it, too. And I'll never understand that win for What's Her Snakes. Oh, Uh, 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 uh the little brown babies. Yeah, yeah. little brown Ingrid babies. Bergman. Yeah. Yes, I don't I don't understand, but and I I feel like a lot of people slammed that performance cuz it was like over the top and crazy, but he still got nominated for like lead actor or something. Yeah, he played uh Poirot. I don't know. I have avoided saying that name out loud. I think when we did that episode I even was like I don't want to say this. Yeah, yeah. Good old HP Finney, yeah, that's right. Uh, but yes, he is here. So, uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Aaron Brockovich, based on uh, very much a true story, Aaron Brockovich is a is a real woman who makes a lovely little cameo as a waitress in this movie. She, I don't know, there was something about there was like this quick shot of her at one point where I was like, "Ooh, are you gonna get a Weston, Aaron? Like, you're giving me." Yeah, she had a great smile. I believed her as that waitress, you know? Right? I really believed her. She was really channeling her. (laughs) Yes. Um, But this is a real-life story about this woman, Erin Brockovich, who, uh, you know, through a a series of events, ends up working, you know, for Ed Masry, this lawyer at his law firm, as a legal assistant. And uh, while she's, you know, working, you know, sorting through files, she comes across, you know, people's medical records in real estate files and you know kind of navigates her way into a rabbit hole of a of a you know uh, a, a conspiracy if you will a yeah. cover-up uh from PSE&G with hexavalent chromium in their water that's been poisoning the town of Hinkley you know now Aaron is uh Aaron and Ed are on the case and they're taking down big energy big California energy yeah, there's something so you were saying before too, like the career Oscar and Julia Roberts too, and I I had a thought that like this feels like more of a win than Reese Witherspoon. It feels like more of a win than Sandra Bullock. It's mm-hmm. like it, I feel like she did do a great job in this movie, and it's also driven by a great script as well too. But it there's something so satisfying about seeing her like arc as a character of just like how bad she started out it almost reminds me of like uh like the pursuit of happiness or something like that mm-hmm. right right because when we meet her it's like she's trying to get a job at a doctor's office you know but doesn't have any of the applicable experience when she leaves the doctor's office then she her in her little shit box of a car then yep. she gets you know sideswiped by uh, a doctor in a mercedes-benz and and that's what then puts her in touch with ed to you know pursue that case which she then loses because of her feisty personality and um but yeah like she's you know she's got like 76 bucks in the bank she's got three kids she's you know uh doesn't have much in the fridge you know there's cockroaches it's it's not good and her you know old lady next door babysitter is moving to her daughter's house her daughter has that new house with a big room it's got a big room for me he's got her she's got a room for me yes so um fun fact that woman is she's been in like so many things but she has a very small role in the movie showgirls as like oh an hr woman at the like, oh yeah casino. i could yeah. picture her yes yes, yeah. yes. she um, doesn't have a social <laughs> Na- no naomi. naomi jesus naomi doesn't 
Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. She's from that scene. Right. Where And, and yes. then, you know, when she asks Nomi about her parents and she says her parents are deceased and then she goes, deceased? And that's just like this little ear to, earworm. Yes, yeah. I love that. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so Julia Roberts, let's talk, Let you know, even though, the, you know, there's, there's lots of little BSAs to talk about, let's talk about Julia Roberts first. Yes. Um, who's no stranger to the podcast. Uh, could, do, you, do you remember all of the previous movies where we have talked about Julia Roberts? Oh, what a great trivia question. Okay, so I don't know why I'm thinking of this one first, but My Best Friend's Wedding. That is correct. Ding, um, ding, ding, as they say. Also, uh, August Osage County. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. Steel Magnolias. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. How many more? I think maybe that is... Ooh. All of okay. them. I think I feel that, I feel good about that. Yeah, that's all of them. So that's you know that's still pretty good. Um, and I think those are some good examples because like Steel Magnolias is like early Julia Roberts before she was like quote unquote like Julia Roberts the movie yeah. star, and she's great in that. And she was nominated for best supporting actress, but like she's also next to you know Sally Field. I just want to know why you know <laughs> yeah, like, I'll never understand. Parton. Yeah, why. Any of those women did not get nominated. It's crazy. I mean, we talked about it on that episode. She was surrounded. Um, yeah. And then My Best Friend's Wedding is kind of like prime Julia Roberts in the 90s, romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, she also gets to say the name George a lot. You know, I don't know if you noticed yes, that. Yes, that's true. say George a lot. Uh, I feel like there's another movie where she says George a lot. I feel like there's probably a movie with George Clooney where she says George a lot. <laughs> she just calls him by his first name. Yeah. A new movie that came out. Did you see that? Uh, uh, what an airplane movie. Gateway to Paradise. Or yeah. Whatever. Uh, Ticket Tickets, to Paradise. Tickets yeah. to Paradise. Uh, Keon, when he was in Austin visiting some friends, they all went to see it. And he said it was, uh, you know, it's fine. It's like exactly what you think it is. It's like for moms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God bless Keon for spending money to see Ticket to Paradise. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, he's always game for anything. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a good spirit to have. I that's just right. that to me seemed like a movie like, well, if I'm on like a two and a half flight in two and a half hour flight to Florida, maybe I'll watch Ticket to Paradise. Uh, maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe I'll fall asleep 45 minutes in, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like um, a melatonin. Oh, dare to dream. There it is. So. Uh, so, yeah. So and, and I feel like she's. She's great in that. Like, I feel like it's like a good role for her. It makes sense, you know. And and the real star is Cameron Diaz, you know. Of course, karaoke and, scene. Yeah, and and what's his name? Uh, Rupert Everett. Oh yeah, we loved him. Yeah, loved him in that. And then August Osage County. I kind of feel like, especially having seen Amy Morton, you know, do that role, and it was like, yeah. okay, well, that's the only person who should ever do this role. I kind of think that Julia Roberts was miscast and it, and it kind of made her look like she wasn't a great actress. Yeah. I, I remember liking her only because I don't have that point of reference, but I feel another movie that came, that comes to mind is the movie closer. Did you see that movie? Yeah. Well, that's another one I want to talk about. Cause that's one where it's like, huh, that's not really a role I would have expected her to play. Yes. Yeah. And she's, I mean, they have that like great scene with her and Clive Owen. I was obsessed with that movie in college. I watched it so many times um, and I love Natalie in it. And I, I feel like if I went back and watched it now, I'd be like, all right. But I did like it. Jude Law's hot in it too. Yeah. Well. Everyone's hot. That would be an interesting one because that, that also feels like a movie that seemed really deep when I was in college. Yeah. But I wonder now if it seems kind of like, oh God, all right. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, just a little hackneyed or whatever. How, however, that word is pronounced. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, no. Whenever I think of that movie, I do think of Julia Roberts going like yours, but sweeter, and oh, just being like, yes. Julia, you don't talk about these things. You're America's sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. It's like I feel. I mean, we should have got Amy Morton for August Osage County. Why not get her uh, in there? Oh my God, that would have been. Even if they kept Meryl, you know, I'm fine with it. I think Meryl made it her own. But Meryl versus Amy Morton, oh, my God. Forget about I it. I would have lost my marbles. Well, you know, there is a, a a filmed version of that production on YouTube with Amy Morton uh, that you can Ooh, watch. Ooh, I would love that. So I can track it down and send it your way. A but... rainy Saturday when I have three hours. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, it's... 
it, it, if you're already familiar with it and you've already read it, it's kind of like a, you, you make up for the parts where you can't see because the camera zoomed in on one part versus the whole stage, you know? Sure, but still, it would be fun to see. You know, I've only seen the movie and read the play, so, you know, why not fill in those blanks? You know? Oh, yeah, it's worth it. And also to see Deanna Dunnigan. It's really Ooh, like, yes. oh, she's so good. Um, But I think then there's Aaron Brockovich kind of smack in the middle of all that. I think... I think that Julie Roberts does a great job with it. I think that it's no, it's not Ellen Burstyn getting like electroshock therapy um, or, you know, crying about the red dress and all of that. But like that, that scene in the car when she's hearing about Beth's first word, I'm like, there you go. Give it to her, you know? Yeah. At the moment we, it's been a while since we've said the words, like the moment she won it. Yeah. Me. Yeah. And this is like such a tiny moment, but um, whenever she is talking to the one couple, and I forget their names in the movie, but it's uh, the woman who had like five or six miscarriages. And the way she says, I'm sorry, is perfect. Because at this point, you already love Erin. You already know she's like like a woman for the people. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And there's so many different ways that you could respond to that. Like, of course, I'm so sorry uh, is the first thing that you would say. But it's so genuine you believe her in every sense yeah and i think there's that too of like and, and maybe what is what make what makes this oh, colin i know you're gonna get the sentence out you're gonna figure it out you're gonna yeah. get these words together <laughs> what does make this an oscar-winning performance is that she at this point julie roberts is a you know a, 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 tri a piece of trivia you know she's not a one name you know actress she's julie roberts she's a concept she's a you know a personality she's a people magazine cover yeah. and so for someone like that to be able to disappear into this role and this role that's not meryl streep and the iron lady it's not like a bunch of makeup and it's not a bunch it's not like even though she's playing a real person there isn't like all of this movie magic to turn her into erin brockovich you know we see what the real woman looked like. She's in the movie. It's not like Julie Roberts looks like her, you know? Um, but I, I fully, like, forget about Julie Roberts, and I just see Erin, you know, very quickly into this movie. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, I want to talk about her outfits, because there are so many iconic outfits, like, in the first, like, especially the first, like, 30 minutes of this movie, like mm -hmm. that, like that neon lime green, like turtleneck sleeveless top that she wears. The, I love that. The white dress with the red flowers. Like mm -hmm. it's like, and it's almost like the other ones she wears are like, they're like pleather corsets or something like that. It shows like just enough boobs, but it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the little leather mini skirts and, yeah. you know, like some kind of like nude illusion mesh top with a bra built in and like yes, a, I love that a, too. a partially unzippered zipper, um, you know, over the boobs. Like it, it the, the costumes are great. And I feel like it, it would be very easy to say, oh, you know, you, you put kind of how people say like Nicole Kidman in the hours is just like, Oh, you put a fake nose on her and she won an Oscar. I feel like it's very easy to, to say like, Oh, Julia Roberts, put her in a push up bra and give her an Oscar. But like, sure. I, I think the advertising of this movie perpetuated that a little bit because I remember when this came out and I remember the ads for it. And I remember like that there was such a focus on the scene of her going to the waterboard and like wearing the, like the, keeping her boobs out to, to seduce the guy so that he'll let her kind of go back and like check the records. Um, or, you know, when she says to Ed Masry, the called boobs, Ed, or when she makes the joke about giving out, you know, 674, you know, sexual favors or whatever, I feel like the commercials all leaned on those jokes and it almost made it seem like, Oh, this was this woman who like used her sexuality to get what she needed to solve this case. And like, that's like, 2% of the movie. Yeah, it's interesting. I did not rewatch the trailer for this, and I kind of wish I did, but you're right. I feel like it was played... It's not... I almost want to say played for laughs in a way. I mean, they are funny jokes, like all, everything that you just mentioned too, but there's so much more hearts. There's so much more, like... I don't want to say grit, but like in a way, it's like the, what she has to do to get to the finish line is an achievement. Yeah, and it's also, like, the only time it's actually her, quote-unquote, using her body or whatever is the is the scene with the waterboard guy. And it's, like, it's nothing. It's harmless. It's just 
it it's like a brief moment and then any other time it's her kind of being self-aware of like what they think of her or you know the whole joke about the sexual favors is because they think that she has no legal experience how she could how could she possibly you know have gotten all these people to sign this you know to to you know sign these forms or whatever and so um i just feel like that was an interesting early 2000s thing where it was like oh man how they marketed this to like dumb America in at the turn of the century, you know? Yeah. It's kind of almost like, yeah, you're spoon feeding these little parts that we've mentioned. So to draw people in and then like where I would rather see her crying in a car, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, that's, yeah, that's what I want to see or her like saying like, I don't know. I'm not talking to you, bitch. <laughs> right. Right. There needs to be like that the whole monologue about the numbers uh-huh. Um, and like, I think she ends with like her, with her phone number or something like that. There needs to be like a drag m- remix of that going into like, like call me maybe. And then uh-huh. like having like, I'm not talking to you, bitch, talking to you, bitch, talk like just some sort of like, <laughs> right. Aaron Brockovich mega mix. It would be amazing. And like having all these reveals of the iconic dresses. Oh my God. Yeah. I- if if there isn't a drag queen who has done an Aaron Brockovich an Aaron Brockovich review in the past <gasps> twenty two oh years, my, that's I'm a furious. Rude, like a like a what, a rusical waiting to happen. Yeah, we should be writing those comments. You, what are we doing here? I don't know. On a, on a <laughs> GD podcast talking about a movie from two decades ago, we should be writing a rusical. That's right. That's right. Oh. God, um, I'm I'm just checking my phone to see if you know what World of Wonder started calling. I know. Um, well, they had. Was it All Stars Three that like Trixie got that and one of the challenges she had to play Aaron uh, Brockovich. I remember like the baby arm. She, like, oh took it. yeah, it was like my best girlfriend's something. Right, something. it was a stupid title. But yeah, they were all famous girls trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, that was terrible. And that was really bad. That was terrible. Um, well, uh, anyway, yeah, Julia Roberts, I think is, I think she's great in this. I think that she uh, has such great chemistry with uh, Albert Finney. I just, I love the two of them. I love, you know, the scene where she helps him tie his tie. I love yep. just like when they ha- when they argue and and you know. She's like, fuck you. And he's like, fuck you back. And then he starts laughing. And I just like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, they ha- they are such a great duo. And yeah. like visually kind of going back to the costumes, like so unlikely. I love how he's like just on the edge of schlubby, but drives a Mercedes. And like, she's, you know, in a, in a leather tube skirt, you know? Yeah. The glasses. I love his glasses oh, too. God. I and love is- them. Yeah. This is to say nothing of her chemistry with Aaron Eckhart, too. It's like, maybe we need we need to talk about George. Oh, we need to talk about George. Because I also feel like, in a way, that this is sort of, was sort of my introduction to Aaron Eckhart. And this is some drag as well. Because he, like, doesn't look like this in any other movie. No, he's got that, uh, what's it called? Like, a cleft chin, that little, like, butt chin. Uh-huh. He's, like, he's carves he's like made of marble he's so hot he's so hot oh my god it's it's ridiculous and here he's got like you know classic harley davidson you know sort of mutton chop beard and you know long hair that normally i'd be like oh i don't know about this hair but it works i am oh yeah i am here for it he's Uh, so good yeah he's such a kind guy yeah, he's he's a real sweetie. I was really like wondering of like, is he gonna get like queen status, like queen at the West End status? Because he's a real sweetie in this. Yeah, I mean, I I love it. I love you know men who aren't afraid to take care of the kids, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't really end well for them. But like overall, like when even the the scene where they're cleaning up the cards and kind of flirting back and forth, and Julia Roberts is so good too. They like, I think she just. Even though she stands out on her own, she also has this, like we were saying too, it's just like this great chemistry with everyone she interacts with, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they, like, you know, she says to him early on because he's like, you know, offering to watch the kids. She's like, this isn't going to get you laid. And yeah, the way that he's like, good, because like, I'm not attracted to you, so I don't need, you know, it's like they, there's this sort of very gentle banter while they're, while they're sorting through decks of cards. It's a, it's a great little like use of props. Um, and like, I, I believe, I believe their romance, but I also love that it's, 
I don't know, like, even though he does help her, it never feels like he's swooping in and saving the day, you know? Yeah, it happens very naturally. I mean, when when she first finds them all in his, like, the kids all in the backyard, and he, like, made them burgers, I'm like, ugh, I want a hot dog. Oh, my God. I So cute. I want him to make me a cheeseburger so bad. I know. Get so some potato bad. salad. Oh, my God. And then he's like, hey, I have ruffles. Hold on. <gasps> Then we go to Dairy Queen afterwards. Uh, a dilly bar? Oh, Aaron. On, on his motorcycle. All uh, the kids. Hold on tight. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, God, yes. You know, he was in, and I we haven't, uh, I think I talked about maybe, I don't know why. Is this, this Rabbit Hole? Is that yes, what yes. Because yeah. we haven't talked about Rabbit Hole on this podcast. We but haven't. I, yeah. I feel the like weast. we. The Weast. The Weast is amazing in Rabbit Hole. Yeah. That monologue. Uh-huh, the the rock in the pocket monologue is one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a miscast person in that movie is Nicole Kidman. Yeah, I agree. I I feel like watching it again it just I it it just felt like a bit of a square peg in a round hole. Um Yeah. I did he's, really like he's great in that. He's great. The sister is great. Uh I think is it Tammy Blanchard? <gasps> yes. Um Sandra O oh is in it interesting oh my I, god that scene where he like hugs the dog outside aaron eckhart that's where i always like weep oh my god i we this should might, do it we really should because okay. sandra oh has a great they have a great like getting high in the car scene love that um oh we should totally do rabbit hole oh i'm yeah. so excited oh it would be perfect for easter but i, I don't think i could hold on that long <laughs> <laughs> oh well, okay. Well, we will we'll put it on the list, of, yeah. you know, because we need to plan out some episodes anyway. So, yes, um, you know, and given that we're you know we're doing Aaron Brockovich the week after Thanksgiving, and as we go into the Christmas season, all bets are off. You know, it's true. Yeah, we just did Suspiria. You know, <laughs> um, you know, and and not that we have to, and we can talk about it. But as I was watching this, I've never seen the movie Silkwood. With Meryl Streep Neither and I. Cher in an yes. Oscar-nominated Best Supporting Actress role, uh, as well as Kurt Russell and Craig T. Nelson. <gasps> oh, I bet he's so hot. Probably so hot. But it's, you know, a similar, like, you know, uh, Meryl plays, you know, Karen Silkwood investigating what's going on at this plant where she works. Okay. And it seemed like, oh, this kind of seems like a country cousin of Aaron Brockovich with a much darker conclusion uh yes. spoiler alert um but something we could consider as well is maybe we talk about Cher and silkwood at some point i love Cher. i mean the only thing i know about that movie is like the silkwood shower that's all i hear. right but i don't know what that i don't even know what that means but i can't wait to find out yeah so you know again with christmas coming around maybe we want to really dive into silkwood showers <laughs> you know uh where's you my silkwood shower yeah right Sometimes I turn the shower on really hot, and I think, is this a Silkwood shower? Probably, yeah. I feel like something bad, something terrible happened. It's pretty bad. I think a Silkwood yeah. shower is not good. Yeah. yeah. I was quoting, I don't know if you caught it, though, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. I was quoting Michael uh, Scott there with Where's My Golden Shower. Oh, of course. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. An office quote? I know. Who I got is a few, she? Amanda. I got a few. Who is she? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where's my golden shower? Because I remember that was a blooper. I feel because office bloopers are yes. the, one of the top tier bloopers. Yeah, like those are the quotes you know of the office as bloopers. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. deep cuts. Yeah, um, the stuff that didn't make the the episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, well, in terms of other, you know, BSAs of mention, you know, I, one that I love, I just I love, and I I believe her. I believe it's Marg, not Marge. I'm quite sure it's Marg. Marg Helgenberger. Yes. And if it's wrong, let's call her Margie. Um, as Donna Jensen. Donna Jensen, who is one of the residents of Hinkley, who is you know kind of one of the the featured residents that Aaron really connects with, and you know she's pro I think she's probably in like five scenes throughout the movie, but it's a perfectly portioned BSA performance and role. Yeah, um, and she's really got a lot of emotional scenes to really kind of bang mm -hmm. out and to have that much of an impact. Now, have we seen Marg anywhere else? Does she have a claim to fame, or is she just one of those actresses? 
I hate to put you on the spot like that. No, no. So what I know her best for, and I think what most people know her best for, is she was on CSI, Crime Scene okay. Investigation. She was on that for like 264 episodes. Sure. So, um, and I guess, oh, she even a few episodes of CSI Vegas. I guess, you know, she's not afraid to get on existed, a plane. Yeah. yeah, you know, in case there's a... A case, um, but you know, yeah, she's. Uh, I feel like she's she's popped up in other things as well, but I feel like she's got good CSI money. Oh yeah, those residuals are just flowing in, and like you said, it is perfectly tempered this performance because you get a little bit of it at the beginning, like the pool scene, uh, and then we get Donna in bed crying over diagnosis of course and then like at the end she's like one of the few people that uh aaron and george she brings george along to give her her money which is so satisfying it is i really feel like they like her experience throughout the movie is it you know that the progression of that narrative has a really nice arc and flow because it is like you know aaron explaining to her you know basically what's going on and you know the the threat of hexavalent chromium which of course is a a term i would never know but now we'll never forget because of this movie. of course hexavalent hexavalent chromium hexavalent chromium please welcome to the stage hexavalent chromium <laughs> uh take a drink every time someone says hexavalent chromium but like she kind of i think she starts to put the pieces together from meeting with donna for the first time and then when she comes back again that's that pool scene where donna oh, slash yes, margie right. has that face journey that i just am obsessed with it was uh, featured in my very first episode of In the Details was yes. Donna's face journey as she realizes what Aaron is telling her that like, you know, well, the doctor said it, you know, that it, it's it, the hexavalent chromium is not the issue, that that's safe and, you know, that it's not related to the, you know, the cancer issues that I've had or the tumors that I've had. And then Aaron saying, yeah, but who paid for the doctors? And Oof. and just like that watching her kind of like go through the cycles of of like grief just hearing that and then like clicking in of like oh my god my kids are in the pool with that water right now it's such a it's such a great beat i just i love that moment yeah it's so scary in a way like the way she runs out there and she's like get out of the pool now it's like the only thing that she has control of and she's she's not taking it out on the kids by any means but it's the only thing she could do yeah, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite moments in Poltergeist when uh, after Carol Ann gets sucked in the TV and, and the family's all looking for her in the house and then Diane like looks up and she realizes she goes, oh, God, the swimming pool, the swimming pool, the yes. swimming pool. And then he goes running outside. And I just I that that's the deep cut edit is is Diane screaming the swimming pool while Donna runs outside. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's also a quote. This is also a deep cut. I don't know how familiar you are with the movie Hook, um, but like not in Neverland, but like when when the kids first get like taken away mm -hmm. by Captain Hook, Maggie Smith is in the movie and they run up the stairs and like the windows like blowing open and she <laughs> Maggie Smith like leans against the stairs and she's like and the children were screaming the children were screaming and then she like <laughs> has her hand and like as the parents run up it's so funny Keon and I quote it all the time oh well that's exciting because I have not seen Hook in like I don't know 30 years maybe I'd say the same but for some reason that stuck out to both of us like when we met we both knew that quote uh, so we love it it's oh a, it's a standard here in the Kachanov Musoba household <laughs> oh I will I, it, it's gonna be an upcoming episode of all right and Mary the children were screaming yes so oh, it is you're gonna yeah. be hook yeah oh my god okay yeah. well you have to look out for Maggie because it's so good yeah we're doing it's, it. it's nothing but it's funny oh no that's the only reason I'm watching. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously Julia Roberts is in Hook. So that's something else to keep an eye out for. Tank herself. Yeah. Yeah. To say nothing of Bob Hoskins. As Smee? Yeah. You know oh my, my God, feelings. That's I think right. so Smee. hot. Oh, Bob, <laughs> have we talked about how hot Bob Hoskins is? The name. I mean, I could picture him as Smee, but like where... What so else he's he in Who Framed in? Roger Rabbit. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He is... So hot. Uh, and he's in Mermaids, if you ever wish Cher is in, which will be full circle here. Uh, I know, Cher. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at young 
Bob Hoskins. Okay, I could see this. We got yeah. some monkey qualities here, but uh-huh. yes. Yeah, he's got kind of a, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's something about him. Yeah. He oh, I'm is... so excited for Hook. Yeah, yeah, so me too. I'm excited. It's going to be like, I guess this is the sneak peek for anyone listening who's a Patreon as well of Our Eight Mary. That's going to be our like Christmas episode. Oh, my God. And he got Glenn Close and that random cameo. Uh-huh. Dustin Hoffman is so good. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be so fun. So, And it feels like such a like movie to watch on Christmas. You know, It does. Yeah. Ugh. Great choice. Great choice. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so, uh, so yeah, Mark Halgenberger is, uh, you know, she's got her face journey. She has her, the swimming pool, the swimming pool, the moment she's got the bun cake later, but it, I feel like, cause the thing with the movie is that it doesn't have this like big climactic moment really like it. Aaron getting that information from the guy at the bar towards the end is kind of the last piece of evidence they need. And then we're kind of just like told, oh, well, that all worked out, you know? Um, And so that last scene when Aaron and uh, George go to see Donna is really kind of the emotional climax of the movie. Yeah, that's interesting because we don't see the trial. We don't see anyone. Well, yeah, it's, it's, but it's also really satisfying for us to see because it is in it. I love that she took George. I love, Mm -hmm. I I hope she took him on like maybe not all the trips, but the ones that mattered, because I do think that Donna is sort of a, like a pillar in the community. You know what I mean? I think since she was one of the earlier people, like she's able to tell other people to trust Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Like I feel like, yeah, she's someone that people, you know, uh, will say, well, if Donna likes her, yeah. That's Um, right. Yeah, I I love it, and I just it's also like God Donna, that that moment, but also like earlier in the movie, like that scene where you know she's crying about you know having the the cancer diagnosis, and when she says like you got to get him, Aaron, like the way that she like talks through yes. tears, it's so heartbreaking, and like then at the end when she cries about the family getting five million dollars, like Mark, I mean she really like. She does some great crying in this movie. She does. It's so believable. To uh, Mark. I watch her name be March the whole time. I, know, I was but just like, thinking it's What a March. way to spell that. Yeah. That's your fault, Margie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't ask for this. You asked for this. Um, what was your given name? Right. Uh, does it say? No. All right. That's well, right. fine. fine. I like Marg. Marg, though. I think it's I think it's cool. I hope it is Marg. I know. Well, she's her, her last name is Helgenberger because her father's her father is Hugh Helgenberger and she's a sister named Anne. But there we go. You know, and how do you, Anne? Anne just spells it A N N. By the way, she doesn't oh, make it geez. difficult. You know, it's not just A <laughs> yeah. N. And you're like, is it Anne or Anne? <laughs> Anne. Anne. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I also want to talk. This is a subject change. We can always go back to Mark. Oh yeah, no, but uh, I need to talk about Rosalind, the front desk woman. Oh, love her and that moment when she when she offered uh, Katie the big bowl of the candy. candy. Oh my god! And they're like the worst candies. Ugh, they're terrible. They get stuck in your teeth. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I'll take a Werther's original. I'm not gonna turn that down. But you know what I don't like are those like the strawberry things. You know what I'm talking about? They're like it's like this tinfoil wrapper that looks like a strawberry, and then you open it up. It's a and a red candy, I guess, strawberry flavored with like goo in the middle of it. Do you know that? You need to get out of my house. You yes. love you them. You need to get out of my <laughs> house with the blasphemy. <laughs> you what? Ugh, okay, they're fine. What part of that amazing experience don't you enjoy? I don't know. It's it, it like the stickiness of it. I don't like things that get stuck in my teeth. Like I, I love Butterfingers, but I don't love that they get stuck in. I, I'll still eat a Butterfinger any day. But um, yeah, not my favorite. Maybe it's because when I had them, they were always like kind of stale a little bit. Maybe I need to have some. Fr- some I don't fresh think ones. they make them fresh. I think they. I think all of them <laughs> yes. were produced. I think they stopped producing them yeah. in like 1965, and now we are just working through with a stockpile yes. that was distributed like the poison in the witches to old <laughs> ladies all over the world. Yes, um, I love those things. I, I love the way that they like. You, when you if you bite on them, they give just enough to like. Okay, sure. oh, I'll break if you want to. You want to chew, and then they're gooey in there. Oh my god, I, 
I don't know what those things are called, but those are yeah, some of my favorites. Called? Where yeah. do you buy old lady candy? I don't old know. Old lady candy. Yeah. I love a Werther's. Um, I don't like a Starlight Mint. I'll tell you that. I don't think I, I know what a star. Are those the ones that are like, like, uh, like butter mints? They're really soft. Do you no, know what I'm talking about? Or, I know okay, what you're talking okay. about. Those like they have those like diners. Um, okay. These are like the little red circles with the like a red like a red and white pinwheel kind of design. Oh. Like a, oh, I love them. I love a peppermint anything though. I'm a peppermint oh. head. Yeah. I never knew that's what they're called. I'm looking at the bags. Yeah, Starlight, Starlight Mints. Starlight Mints. Yeah. You, got, you, you always got those at like Pizza Hut. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I guess it goes with the color scheme. I never yeah. wanted a Starlight Mint. No. Ooh, I love a peppermint. Love yeah. it. Um, well, there we go. We each we each took something. Away yeah. Now though. we don't have to fight over the over <laughs> yeah. the candy. Yeah. <laughs> this is all to say that Rosalind is a queen. I love that she turns the light on for Aaron when she's mm-hmm. like reading, um, and I love at the end when they get upgraded to that like fancy office. She's like, "Damn it! Does anyone know anything about these phones?" Yeah. And it's like a the camera's already like panning away from her. I love I love her a lot. Well, you know, it's interesting how like this being both movies being written by Susanna Grant I feel like some of the kind of ensemble this in 28 days I mean uh that there's some of the ensemble here feels reminiscent of the ensemble in 28 days you know like I feel like Conchata Farrell's character of Brenda is kind of like Margot Martindale's character in 28 days you know where they're kind of like you know they give the main character a bit of gruff but like eventually like you know, uh, there'll be some like moment of connection or moment of forgiveness, you know? Absolutely. I feel like Rosalind, not Rosalind. Yeah. Rosalind uh, could have been played by like Edie McClurg as well too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then there was another woman. um, What's her name? Uh, Anna. 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 I feel like she reminded me of like, uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste's character in 28 Days. Like, I just sure. felt like there was like a similar energy of like, I don't know. I just, I, I, in, in some ways, Rosalind reminded me of Diane Ladd, you know, in sure. 28 Days. So oh I don't know. God. I, I just loved seeing kind of like the crossover of like, who do you, who do you throw into a, uh, you know, a, an ensemble of characters, you know? Yeah. I like the moment with Anna that I liked is right at the beginning where she was like showing her the ropes, like mm-hmm. where Aaron's like, do I get to pick my own cone? She's like, we'll see. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then she like got mean. It's She's like the worst person. Like that's sort of like you've worked here long enough. You should know this by now like get out get out oh i then i did not like her yes no. yeah but i did like the line who do you think you are miss lady when she's talking to aaron about you know <laughs> something aaron right. storming through the office uh you know who else was great in this movie and i don't know how they got such great performances but matthew and katie her kids great kids great kid acting like yes. so natural i felt like all of it was improvised yeah, especially like the the card scene with Aaron Eckhart when um, Matthew said like you took one and uh-huh. they like laugh. I was like, ugh, this is. It made me love George more, even though like Matthew was doing the heavy lifting there. Yeah, like he just like it, it was just such easy, like easy kid acting, and like they, it, it never felt like they were doing lines. They were never being precocious. Even Beth was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That baby's got talent. That baby was kind of funny. Beth at 18 months, eight months end. Oh, they had two eight months. There were two Beths. Yes. Julie and Emily. I I couldn't tell you which one was funnier than the other. Oh, yeah, because there was, speaking of improv, at the very end when uh, Aaron got that, like, <laughs> that Jeep Wrangler or whatever, uh-huh. she said, like, what is it? What is this? And didn't she say, like, a I doll or something? Yeah. Or no, so she says, it's a baby. It's a baby. Yes. Yeah. And then she's like, that's not a baby. I mean, like, oh, and there was also, because there was also Beth at 18 months, played by Ashley and Brittany. Um, so it. all of them, the four, the BSAs of Aaron Brockovich are the four Beths. <laughs> four like, Beths at a funeral, right? Four, be- <laughs> four Beths at a Masary. Yeah, those is. are the BSAs of, of, of Aaron Brockovich. But yeah, no, those kids, I, I was always, I'm always so impressed, but I'm like, how, how did they get them to be just like so not on, you know? Yeah, to just be kids and like yeah. Um, I I do like I think that's a reflection of like Julia Roberts and Aaron Eckhart too because they they're the people that had, like had the mo- I could picture Aaron Eckhart being a big like 
goober with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To get them to relax, which makes I me love him more. I want him to be a goober with me. I know. Uh, can you imagine if Aaron Eckhart was a goober with you? <sighs> What's he doing these days? Well, let's see. Do I still have his little thing up? I feel like up? he was he played two <laughs> so face, right? In like the Batman movies. He did. He was in the Batman movie and I'm sh- so I'm sure he's got the a nice dark, little The Dark Knight. Yeah, nice little beach house. Uh well, he was in the First Lady that that mini series. He played Gerald Ford. Oh, I see so that. So he yes. was playing with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. And then there's some TV series he's in now called Pantheon, which you know, obviously, like a lot of content. Oh, it's the he does the voice of uh, it's an it's an animated show. Oh, I see that now. Oh. Yes, you know, to, I got to tell you, I feel like voice acting, you like being a voice. Act, I'm not saying that's easy, but like, what a great gig in terms oh, of like, yeah. you it doesn't matter what you look like, you know? Yeah, especially um, like if celebrities. There was yeah. like a bit. I don't know if like Chris Rock was like hosting the Oscars or something, and he was talking about doing a voiceover. They're like, here, say these five lines, and we'll give you a million dollars. Right. <laughs> it's like that's kind of it, though. Right. Right. Like, isn't that exactly like that's that is uh, the real sweet spot is when it's it's the fact that it's just you, and all you have to do is show up and like be you in a cartoon and say five lines. Like, I think that's the sign you've made it. Absolutely. This is, I'm looking up his IMDb and I feel like we've talked about this or maybe I'm making it all up, but do you remember the movie Towelhead? Did you bring that up? Cause he's Aaron Eckhart is in that. He plays yeah. the dad. Why did we talk about that? Chris I don't Messina know. Is in it. I don't know why, because I've seen, I saw that uh, when it came out, I saw it in the theaters and like, I haven't seen it since, but I remember seeing Towelhead, but I, I know it does feel like something we've talked about before. Maybe somebody else was in it. Tony Collette. Um, you know who is in it is I think the guy. His name's Robert Baker, and he was in, in that episode of Grey's Anatomy with the shooter that was with Bailey. Oh, he was what the um, the doctor who died. Yeah, the one who got shot with Ma- like with Mandy and Bailey. They were the whole time. Oh. There. Well, I don't and know. Chris Messina's in it, who I oh, love. Oh God! Yeah. Yes. Oh, I see. I don't there. know. Yeah. I don't know how we got there before, but Talhead rings a bell. But, you know, this is all to say, I don't know. Oh, you know what's weird about this? You know what's a weird connection right now? What? The girl who played Katie is in Towelhead. Whoa. Isn't that weird? Her name is, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, Jemen de la Pena. Okay. Yeah. Taking a That's taking a, a page from Mark Helgenberger's book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, had is that that's what a weird connection. You must have just had a psychic moment where you were like, "Why do I want to talk about Towelhead?" And maybe Keon brought it up. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I'm I have no idea what I'm saying. I <laughs> I have no idea why we're talking about it. I just love the fact that like Towelhead hiding in that little IMDb link was Chris Messina, who is you know monkey qualities. Oh, uh, the T best supporting Katie. Uh, Aaron Eckhart, who Tony we, Collette, Tony Collette, and the guy from Grey's Anatomy. That that's that's too many connections. Yeah, what a weird tangled web it is. Yeah. So, huh, can we talk about Vn Cox? I've been waiting. Oh, I love Vn Cox. Of course we can. Yes, I mean. She seems like a, because um, she's a Broadway gal, we all know this, but like she kind of has like Wendy Malick properties in a way, like mm-hmm. a redhead Wendy Malick. And like I do, she's perfect in this role. Like the way she has to respond to Aaron and like a few face journeys along the way, like I feel bad for her. But even though she was like abrupt with Aaron or like like assuming things because she doesn't have a degree, like, I mean, Aaron kind of let her have it. And although that monologue is great, uh, I kind of felt bad for Teresa. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like that monologue again is like a great sort of like moment featured in the trailer and whatnot. Um, but I agree. I kind of feel like Teresa was—they're doing their jobs. They're big time lawyers. They're just kind of like, you know, it, nothing is personal. And what I liked was that instead of the movie just being like, ha, take that, Teresa, I like that the next scene was Ed kind of giving Julia, uh, Julia, giving Aaron kind of like the talking to in the parking garage of like basically saying like, 
you know, it was a simple misunderstanding and you took it personally and you, in, instead of just like, you know, being a normal human being, you had to insult her. And like, I, I liked that there was as much as we're also kind of seeing Ed needing to kind of grow and like learn how to connect with these people and like adapt to how best to do this case. I like that. Like, even though Aaron, Aaron is so like, you know, brazen and dresses however she wants and is you know throwing around phone numbers and whatnot it's like okay but you also need to like not fly off the handle when we're like dealing with a lot of moving parts right now you know yeah it's the only time where i'm kind of even though like i said great scene and you know she feels it's because she did so much work that to have it passed along to someone else like i think uh teresa even has the line like uh no, seriously, this is a great start. Like, and I think she means it. Like, it's not, uh, she's not trying to patronize her in a way too, but like, and I do love when Teresa, like when she's like, whose number do you need? And the way she kind of like hesitates, she's like, uh huh. Okay. And then she like gets like one of the things I, I, I just really love her a lot. Almost like she looks at, at Peter, Peter Coyote, the other lawyer. And then yes. it's like, all right, fine. Pulls out, you know, I'll play this game. Like I love just like all of that little body language. She's, she's great. I feel like I, uh, I'm putting you in the spot, but is there something she's particularly known for on Broadway? An excellent question of which I don't know. And maybe I made that up. I'll, I'll look it up as we talk. Apparently she's in You've Got Mail, which is another movie we're doing this month on All Right, Mary. So I can't wait to see where she pops up in that. I love that. I have not seen You've Got Mail. No one, really? no one is surprised at that, I bet. But oh. I, yeah, a lot of people freak out. And I'm sure it's great. I love both of them. It's a great fall movie. Like, you might want to bump it up on a list. I might even have to assign it to you because it's like this is the window is closing to watch You've Got Mail. Yeah, it's a very fall movie. I'd rather watch When Harry Met Sally, but it's because I, I've also never seen You've Got Mail. So maybe they're both uh, of the same level. I uh, have never seen When Harry Met Sally, so I <gasps> could not tell you that. Colin. Yeah. Oh, my God. Billy Crystal's, like, so hot in it. Oh, it's like it's, yeah. It doesn't make sense, but it does. Um, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Um, okay, I did look up. Um, I almost called her Brienne Cox. Uh, <laughs> that's my drag name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> she On Broadway, she was in An American in Paris, Carolina Change, uh, La Caja Fall, company and next to that says tony slash drama desk nominations awards my favorite season okay so she was oh my gosh a best featured actress in a musical for 1996 for company i need to look up this production oh my think, goodness do you think we she love was company. joanne okay here we go this uh, danny burstein was this Vian- oh she played amy and i think amy amy is uh not getting married today yeah oh wow today is for amy Today is for Amy. Wow, what a full, another full circle. We love Amy. We love yes. that song. And now oh. here is Vianne Cox as an Amy. In company. That's like the best show we could have ever imagined her to be in. Yeah, I like dare to dream. Oh, oh I love that. Oh, well, I'm good. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad you did the hard yards on that one. That's right. Thank you for um, taking that journey. No, <laughs> thank me. you for taking us on that journey. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I uh, and speaking of Broadway gals, Cherry Jones is in this as well. Yes. And I it's so interesting to me. It's like, did she have scenes that were cut? Because I wanted to see that last scene where she showed up like with her kids. I know. And I my memory was that there was a lot more Cherry Jones in this. Like I knew it was a smaller role, but I thought that it was like, okay, she's got like like maybe one small scene and like one meteor scene. But it it was like very much a cameo. Like it's a it she's she's in like two half scenes. Yeah, I feel like she deserved better. I don't know why. It's like Pamela feels like she seems like one of those like stubborn gals and she's the last one to sign on to everything. And I you get a little bit of that like when, you know, when they're when she's like getting her laundry in the backyard. But yeah, I wanted to see I wanted more, but I'm glad to see her. There's a lot about Erin Brockovich that also feels like a movie from the 70s. And so as I was watching it, I was recasting it with like who would be in this in the 70s. Ooh. And so imagining like starting with Pamela, Cherry Jones's role, imagining if this was a slightly larger role, I could see this being like a Louise Fletcher 
who won the yes. Oscar for one oh, the hair. Nest. Oh, yeah, the, the hair. hair. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a real Louise Fletcher kind of role. Um, there are so many, like, who would play Donna? Like, I, I could spend the rest of my life just casting that role because there's oh, yeah, so many. Um, but there is who, in terms of like, okay, if it's a 70s actress, who I went with was um, the actress is named Melinda Dillon. And you may know her best from being the mom of in the course. movie A Christmas Story. Yeah. Um, and she I played Honey in yes. like, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yeah. Um, so that's who I cast as Donna, Melinda Dillon. Love that. Uh, and then for George, I cast Chris Christopherson. Love that. Yes. I perfect. feel like that's a perfect fit. We'll do Ed last. But uh, Aaron Brockovich, I feel like Jane Fonda. <gasps> oh, perfect. Right? Yeah, she has that sort of activist, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to fight for something vibe. Yeah. She would do this kind of role in the 70s. Yeah. Um, and then for Ed, I mean, there's so many great actors, but I thought, you know what? Ernest Borgnine. <gasps> yes. Right? Uh, oh, like, Ernest. What a, what a great cast that would be. Oh, my God. Um, that would be stellar. Yeah. So, because there is even, like, a very sort of brown and yellow and, like, yeah. earth-tony kind of color to the whole movie, which is very 70s. There'd be a lot more smoking in this version, oh. I feel. Erin would smoke like a fish. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so that, you know, uh, in, in the 70s version, also, uh, Louise Fletcher gets a little bit more to do than Cherry Jones does. There we go. Yeah. I could even see, um, oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, we just talked about her, uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Ellen Burstyn. Yeah, like that 70s sort of exorcist bob. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, uh, also Pamela. They'd have to duke it out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because the thing is, like Louise Fletcher and Ellen Burstyn were like very. I feel like they could, they should have played sisters at some point. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I don't know who would play Teresa while we're talking about casting women. Like that was like one where I was like, oh, I, I don't know. It'd have to be. I I couldn't think of like a a good like tense skinny little actress to play Teresa. Yeah, Celia Weston, a redhead. Oh my God, yes, <laughs> a young 70s. Celia Weston. Oh my God. Have you seen, have I sent you the picture, have you seen Celia Weston in any stills from when she was in Alice? The, the no, sitcom? I'm, I'm looking at it right now, actually, because it's wild. She's, She's so beautiful. Beautiful. She is yeah. a fucking bombshell in Alice. It's insane. Oh my gosh, the hair. Yeah. She's so hot. Oh, She's so hot. And so, so cool. And so tan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um... But anyway, I mean, those are, I mean, those are kind of all of my, in terms of like, let's queen out on the actresses of uh, Aaron Brockovich I, and and the actors, most importantly, and the actors, because Albert Finney, queen, recently queen, crowned queen at the Westons this, uh, this past yes. year. Um, those are, I mean, those are the things I love. And, and uh, another special mention to all those Beths. Four, all those baths. Four great baths. Really funny baths. Yes. Uh, one of the Albert Finney lines that I love is when he's, I guess when they're first meeting with PG&E, he's like, $28 billion? Wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, love yeah. That. Yeah, like when he's like being sarcastic with that. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, good stuff. But I yeah, great him. women, great men, a slam dunk of a movie. I love yeah. this movie. Yeah. It really is. It's just like a great, like, easy movie to put on an easy movie to rewatch. I've seen this movie like so many times and I still, I, you know, I don't feel tempted to look at my phone at any point. No, I, I did not. I didn't dare. I, it's also like, not that I have cable, but it's, it's, I feel like it falls under that category. If, uh, if I saw this on TV, like there's the rest of my day. Yeah. If this was playing on TNT yeah, and it's, you know, like a Saturday at like two o'clock, I'm like, all right, I guess let's watch this, you know, followed by a couple episodes of the closer after. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> maybe, maybe it, God, do you think they still have any, any tapes of saving grace left? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, Holly Hunter, you know, Here we I, go. I love, I love a little Holly Hunter being sexy. <laughs> God, I I can never find the ads 
the it was like it was these promotional ads for Saving Grace because that and the closer came out at the same time, and I just remember it was like these little sort of promo interviews of her talking about the character of Grace, and it was always like she's just she's really shexy. That's just I love Grace because she's so shexy, and it was just like Holly Hunter. I'm sorry, Holly. If you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the things we let people get away with in the early 2000s. That's right. She didn't anyway. know any better. She didn't know any better. She was on TNT. That's right. Characters welcome. We always yeah. get that catchphrase. Characters I get that. welcome. Is that the one? Maybe that's USA. It's probably USA. Yeah. I think it's USA. TNT was like, TNT. No, that's TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The TBS. Stuff. You know, I don't know the hot dog of of television channels. I mean, I love a hot dog, right? I love a hot dog, but like a hot dog knows that it's not filet mignon. Sure. Well, I think we're being played off. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was about ready to go into uh, an hysterical blindness with a filet mignon, but I think it's time to wrap this up. Yeah, I think you know. I think that the the orchestra knows what's best. Uh, so before we, uh, you know, head out in our new Chevy Jimmy or whatever that new car the was, Jeep Wranglers, yeah, or something. Her, I don't know, yeah, whatever that was. But before we drive off in our Harleys. Um, you know, clinging on to Aaron Eckhart's, uh, you know, body for life. Uh, where can folks find more of you? Uh, you can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. How about you? Well, you can find more of me on Instagram at Conjurker underscore. Or you could find more of me on R.A. Mary. Uh, currently, we are... Uh, Coming around the river bend, finishing up Dragula Titans on the main feed. We finished Drag Race UK on Patreon, and on Patreon is where we're going to be doing some movies, including Hook uh, and You've Got Mail. I can't wait for those. Yeah. So, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas. But more importantly, right here, uh, well, sort of right here on Patreon, on the Best Supporting After Show, which is back after a 15-week plus hiatus. Well, we focused on the NBC Musical Theater Disaster Masterpiece Smash. Uh, we are back with the After Show this week on Patreon at patreon.com slash Pod. It's going to be a great show. We're going to talk about the White Lotus. We're going to catch up on our lives. Who wouldn't want to hear that? Yeah. I might even have a season two, episode one review of sorts of Smash. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. So uh, put that in your peepers and peel it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that, as they say, is that.